What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to TTB Ravens Media, but this is the Trust the Bank podcast, and it's not just any episode. What is it, Joshua? Do you want to tell the people what episode this is? Hey, man, if y'all haven't been here since day one, now y'all about to be with us for day one all over again because it's our first year anniversary, y'all. <laughs> yes. It is the one-year anniversary from when we started the Trust the Bank podcast, and I want to know. I, I, It's highly doubtful. We asked on the stream yesterday, um, if anybody watching or listening, if you're listening on the podcast platform, come over to the YouTube and comment on the video. If anybody listened to the first ever episode, um, there were 33 people. So more than 33 people say that they listened to the episode. Y'all are lying. Uh, <laughs> but uh, 33 people listened to it. Um, and and I want to know how many people, if anybody, is still uh, with us. You know, it was a very long time ago. We were very consistent and things like that. Uh, a lot less consistent than we are now. But we started pretty consistently. We, we posted weekly for like – we posted weekly for like the first couple months, um, you know, which is what we do now. But, um, yeah, it's been a year. Been absolutely crazy. Um, obviously, the last – I don't know how long it's been three, four months that, you know, we started up the YouTube channel and things like that. It's, it's completely skyrocketed and you know, that's thanks to all of you. So thank you all so much. Uh, you know, makes it so much more fun. Thank you so much for the, the live stream that we did. We did the live with the viewers yesterday, which was Saturday. And that was, that was absolutely so much fun. I, I mean, that was, that was amazing to do. Um, we're going to be doing that Saturdays. Um, 5 p.m. Eastern time, I think, pretty consistently. So um, if you want to be on the next one, uh, you know, send send a DM on Twitter, not to trust the bank. I still still got to change it. Uh, <laughs> DM uh, at TTB underscore Ravens. Uh, but then also on that stream, y'all were like, y'all wanted us to stream on Wednesdays. And, you know, we said we might get into it. So we're going to start setting up game night on Wednesday night. And basically what that's going to be is, you know, we're going to be streaming. Um, on the channel Wednesday nights. Um, don't know the time yet. Uh, and I think it'll start maybe next week. It won't be this week. Um, and we're going to play, be playing games, um, whether it's, you know, we're playing on the PS4. We don't have the PS5 yet, so don't worry. We'll get them. We'll get the PS5s eventually. Uh, <laughs> but we'll, we'll be playing random things. So if y'all want to, you know, I think the first time we'll do it, we'll probably be playing like GTA or something like that. Uh, you know, maybe sometimes we'll go back and we'll be playing some PS3 stuff and, and, you know, we'll be rocking out with some retro things, just random games that we'll be playing. Um, and then obviously like when Madden comes out and things like that, um, you know, when the new 2k comes out, we'll, you know, we'll be playing that stuff, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll try and play with all of you guys should be a lot of fun. Um, you know, just have a good time. Talk Raven stuff, talk football stuff, talk basketball, you know, whatever y'all want to talk about, um, you know, Wednesday nights and things like that. Uh, just designed to have a lot of fun because the streams, they're so much fun and y'all seem to enjoy them. Uh, but, you know, long intro, like three minute long intro. Um, what we wanted to talk about in today's video or this first segment, um, if you're watching on YouTube, segments will be posted Sunday, Monday and Tuesday. Um, so y'all can check them out or you can head over to the podcast platform to listen to all three in one sitting. Um, basically. We talked about it slightly on stream. I, I kind of brought it up, and I believe it was KJ in the chat also brought it up. Um, basically, the idea of trading Devin Duvernay in a trade for Julio Jones, because I think that the Ravens should do it. Um, now, why I say that is because 
One, if we traded for Julio Jones, and let's say people have been suggesting Miles Boykin, right? Devin Duvernay falls to wide receiver five or six on the depth chart. He's not going to be ahead of Sammy Watkins or Rashad Bateman or Hollywood. Uh, maybe he'll be ahead of Tylen Wallace and maybe he'll be five, but wide receiver five won't get any snaps. So why would, and it's not like Julio's on a one year rental. Um, you know, yes, Sammy Watkins is, but okay, maybe for the next few years of his career, he'll be wide receiver four for us. Um, but he's got good value. Um, you know, he'd probably be worth a third or second round pick. Um, but then also the Ravens could be dumping his salary. Not like he gets paid a ton of money and there's a big cap hit, but if we traded him for Julio Jones along with, maybe we traded Duvernay in a third, that would be very inexpensive. Or Duvernay in two-fourths, that would be so much less expensive than doing something like trading a, a first-round pick and a fifth-round pick or a second, a fourth, and Miles Boykin. Like I think it would be very cheap. Yes, we love Duvernay. Um, Duvernay is an absolute beast but he's just not going to see the field. Even next year without Julio, he's still not going to see the field very much because he's wide receiver four or five on the depth chart. It's just really tough. Um, but Joshua, what, what are your thoughts on kind of just Devin Duvernay? Because uh, I know we're both big fans of him. We've been wanting him yeah. to see the field. But what do you think about Duvernay in a Julio Jones trade package? Hey, man. So, Raiders family, I know y'all pretty much sold on the uh, Julio trade. I know y'all feel like, uh, Julio is going to be that top, that next notch to take the offense. Um, the I guess we could say bust the bottle off the cap. Off, I mean, bust the cap off the bottle. Um, I, I think to Julio Jones, I can agree. So now we're talking about trading. Um, a lot of teams are talking about you know Atlanta Falcons won a first rounder. Uh, well, you know that's well, you know that's not in our DNA. We're not going to give out you no know, just no first rounders. You know, EDC, uh, the Ravens organization, we love our tra- uh, love our draft picks. Um, I actually feel like a Duvernay and two fourth-rounders or a third, just that third round, uh, third-round draft pick actually would suffice, you know, getting that Julio Jones. I mean, Julio played maybe about four games, four, three games last year, and then, you know, he didn't want to risk it or they just told him to sit on down for the rest of the season. Um Correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like I was, think he played the whole season, but honestly, now I got to look it up. Um, either, either it was this past season or the season before, he didn't play too many games because he was uh he was dealing with some type of injury or something like that. So he had he only had 777 771 yards. He played nine games. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think he, I think I can't remember if he got hurt or if he sat down. I can't remember which one, but okay, yeah. But so like I mean. As far as trade value, that's all I wouldn't say that's all we have, but I feel like that's the only thing we can do to suffice. Now, if we was able to throw a Tavion Tavion Young in the trade, um, granted, you know, he's been injury prone. Uh, we had we and definitely had to understand and see where Sean Wade is as far as starting as a nickel cornerback and things of that nature. Yeah. But um I definitely feel like, you know, I haven't seen Tyler Wallace play yet. But I feel like he may be an actual upgrade and actually may see the field more than um, Devin Duvernay for the simple fact that um, Tylen Wallace is a receiver. And when I say a receiver, someone that can catch, someone that's agile, someone, you know, has good route running skills, someone that reminds me of uh, someone that we actually should have got a Super Bowl with, which is Steve Smith Singer. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. And um, I feel like Tyron Wallace, if we actually going to commit to the passing game, he would be more of an intricate piece than uh, a Devin Duvernay right now because right now we use Dev as a gadget guy. And um, he's not that, you know, athletic wide receiver that goes after the catch. Granted, when he does catch the ball, he has good, you know, yards after catch. And, you know, he's not scared to, you know, go with the best and get physical with you. But, I mean, we've seen it in that one – I forgot what game it was where we gave him a deep ball. He didn't try to go up and uh, – he didn't try to jump and get it. I don't know if he had problems locating it or he just – kind of gave up on the play or it was just, a, you know, just a rookie, just a rookie mental block or whatever the case may have been. But um, I definitely feel like, you know, somewhere like possibly Atlanta, he can definitely do what he, he can definitely do what he do and actually um, thrive with a Matt Ryan, a veteran uh, QB. Yeah. And I think people will get upset at me when I say this, but sometimes it doesn't work out. Um, He's just – it's just not the right situation, I think, in Baltimore. Now, obviously, I hope he gets the opportunities, but it's just going to be – you know, you said it, Joshua. The the Ravens use him as a gadget guy, and now we've brought in two more wide receivers that will jump him in the depth chart, mm-hmm. um, which he already wasn't getting much playing time earlier, and the receivers we got in are better than the receivers DuVernay was sitting behind. I mean, DuVernay was sitting behind, uh, you know, Willie Sneed and, like, Kind of Des Bryant for the end of the season. Now we got Rashad Bateman and Sammy Watkins. Um, like sometimes you just need that fresh start. Um, and Atlanta could be that spot for Duvernay. Um, I know he's our kick returner and our, our punt returner. Um, he's not amazing at it. He's good. Um, but he's not somebody where I'm like, he's our he's our return man for the future. Yes, he had the kick return touchdown against Kansas City. That was very good. I like what he can do in the return game. He's not a negative. Like, it's not like we had, like, when Justice Hill was returning our kicks, it was just like, meh. Duvernay at least brings some spark. But he's not, he's not like an elite return man. Um, But Atlanta, he could actually have that opportunity to not just, not just be the return man, but to actually become a wide receiver on their team. Unfortunately, it's kind of the same spot Justice Hill was put in. Um, I think Duvernay's better than Justice Hill. Don't get me wrong, but um, where he Justice Hill came in and it was just like we got running backs. You can be a special teams guy. You can be a gadget guy. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "All right, I'll do my job." And and Duvernay, since he's only been here one year, uh, he's got three years left on his deal. Um, Atlanta could absolutely use that. Um, and it's just like, I hope he gets to play for Baltimore. That's not what this video is saying. It's just, I don't think that the Ravens are in a position to give him the opportunity to play. And that means that maybe it's just time to move on. Um, now, you know, we'll see with Tylen Wallace, because obviously Sammy Watkins only on a one-year deal. Um, but, you know, him and Tylen Wallace, do we really want to have just like, oh, wow, look at that. We've got young guys as our wide receiver four and five and if we want to bring in julio um we're gonna have to sweeten the sweeten the pot and do it by doing a guy sending over a guy that's not going to be used um like at all so that that's my take on it devin duvernay could really be their taylor gabriel in my opinion yeah if you want to get if you want to go in justice hill because they do like like i said yesterday they actually like speedy running backs. They don't like, you know, the big bulky guys. I mean, look, 
look what look look at Ty Gurley. He's not he's not there anymore. <laughs> you know, yeah. he's a, you know, he's a big muscle guy. Yes, he has speed and everything like that, but he's definitely been unfortunately on an early decline in his career. So um, you know, sometimes we we done said it. New environment gives people that new motivation. And you know, Julio Jones is actually looking for that new uh environment. He's looking so he's looking for somewhere where you know, there's as a contender where he can actually uh, win, and honestly, he we're not expecting a lot out of Julio Jones. He literally could be the next Anquan Bolden for the Baltimore Ravens. If he gets me 700, eight touchdowns, 700 yards with eight touchdowns, I'm cool with that. For the simple fact that he's doing his job, he's being productive, and he's opening up the passing game for the rest of the guys because um, I'm going to say it. Right now, with him changing his jersey number, he's going to be a thousand yard receiver this year. I'm going to say it. Marquise Hollywood Brown will be a thousand yard receiver mm-hmm. if we was to make if we was to make the trade for Julio Jones. Now, you know, if we don't, he has to work harder because now you put your trust in a, a rookie and Sammy Watkins. Not saying that it can't be done, but you already know. I already say. I don't fear no one's front seven. I respect I respect everyone's front seven. But this is what y'all get paid to do. Who's going to outstrong the strongest man? But on them skill positions, as far as corners, when you talk about Jalen Ramsey, when you talk about a healthy Denzel Ward, you know, you talk about, um, I mean, hell, we got to give respect to Mr. Patrick Sertan Sr. I mean, second, the second. Um, you know, JT yeah. Horns, Greedy Williams, you know, those uh, and what's the other one for from Miami? Xavier Howard. Xavier uh, Howard, yeah, yeah. Those guys are respected, you know, in the league. And as a wide receiver, are you going to get that separation? Are you going to be able to block, you know, break him down, you know, with your foot, footwork? Are you still going to be able to catch the ball with him being draped all over you? And you know, that's the thing we've been dealing with is you know a struggling passing game. We, I think we was like ranked number thirty-one, number thirtieth in the league. Either way, we was low tier. Yeah. So now, you know, with the upgrades, you know, with Sammy Watkins, Rashad Bateman, you bring that, you bring that Julio Jones in, and you add, you know, a more motivated Hollywood Brown. In my opinion, sky's the limit in a balanced offense. When you have a balanced, when you have a balanced uh, breakfast. You go out there and have a great day. So I feel like, you yeah. know, the balanced offense, it takes a lot of pressure off the defense. You know, we don't have to worry about them always getting a turnover or getting a stop. No, Lamar Jackson and company is out there making, making uh, is putting points on the board, and we're not going, we're not doing three and outs, so we're just doing field goals. And, and people may say, oh, but we brought in new weapons. We brought in Sammy Watkins for one year. And if we bring in Julio, Sammy Watkins will be our wide receiver four. And Bateman will be wide receiver three and see the field a lot. This won't be restricting Bateman. It'll restrict Sammy Watkins snaps, but he's injury prone. Like maybe this will keep him healthy and he'd be a very, very good wide receiver four. Um, so I don't think taking that into, I don't think that overall is a thing, but like, it, and if we trade Duvernay, then that ruins like, oh, we have too many guys on the bench, not getting snaps. You should never be mad at too many good players on the bench. 
that means that your starters are that much better. But I think that's going to do it for this first segment. Let me let us know in the comments what your ideal trade for Julio Jones would be if we should do it. Um, I'm thinking Duvernay and two-fourths would be my ideal trade. Um, maybe Duvernay a third and a fourth, uh, but save that first and second round pick um, and all that stuff. I, I would still, honestly, I'd send a first because, come on, we'd be sending pick 32 um and you know win that super bowl at all costs uh but thank you everybody for watching subscribe for daily ravens content and segment two will be out tomorrow but if you're listening on the podcast platform segment two is obviously right now um but let's get into it right now um something lamar jackson talked about in a press conference his first press conference since the week before the bills game um and lamar talked about uh yeah he kind of wants to step up in his vocal leadership um, and in our first live with the viewers, uh, we were talking about somebody asked a question. It was a great question. Um, they asked if you could bring any player back that was a former Raven in their prime, who would you bring back? And I talked, I ended up changing my answer to Ray Lewis because not because Ray Lewis is the best middle linebacker of all time, but because he's the best leader of all time. Um, he would be able to be a guy that could come in and really voice himself, motivate everybody else, get people, inspire people to do all of these things. And I'm not saying the Ravens don't have leaders, but they it doesn't seem like they have vocal leaders. And there's two types of leaders. Obviously, you can be a you know, Lamar. Lamar's not a vocal leader. He talked about he kind of wants to become a vocal leader, but Lamar's a lead by example kind of guy. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's the type of leader you are. A lot of great leaders are lead by example, guys. However, on the team, you have to have a guy that can hop in that huddle and inspire everybody on that football team to be great. I know Lamar, you know, he'll be on the sideline and he'll say things like, oh, get us the football, man, and we'll do that. And yes, that that inspires the defense. But like I'm talking, you got to be able to get people to run through a brick wall for you. And, and the Ravens don't have that. Um, you know, I think, you know, ironically, I think the Jaguar, one of the reasons why the Jaguars brought in Tim Tebow was because Tim Tebow was one of the best leaders in sports history. Um, it's not, he's not going to be a very good tight end. Um, he's probably not, he may not even make the team, but he's going to work as hard as everybody else, maybe even harder. And he's going to inspire people to win. Um, Ray Lewis inspired everybody to win. If you have not. Okay, if you're a Ravens fan and you've never listened to any sort of Ray Lewis speech, <laughs> I'm going to need you to go do it right now. Uh, but in particular, you got to listen to the Ravens speech after they did not make it to the Super Bowl after the AFC Championship game. I mean, just Ray Lewis, you know, basically telling everybody, and he's just <sighs> that type of thing the Ravens don't have. We don't see anybody, you know, yeah, they've got, they had like Mark Ingram, um, you know, oh yeah, big trust, hyping people up. But there was nobody after that loss that was like, you know, kind of like Ray Lewis. And it's been a while since I've watched the speech, but Ray Lewis basically talked about, you know, um, everything's in God's plan. You know, yes, we we fell today, but, you know, we're, we're going to be able to come back stronger than ever and all those types of things. There wasn't any, any of that. Um, yes, like I feel like after that, their heads were in the dumps. They didn't have a vocal leader like, no, get your head up. You know, it's part of the process. We're going to be out here. We're going to do better. Instead, it's just kind of silent. And then, you know, they get back to training camp. And obviously, Lamar is like, I want to win a Super Bowl. Uh, and again, this is not taking shots at Lamar. 
but I think we do need just that vocal leader that's going to inspire everybody through their words, um, not their actions. Because you don't have to be a, a star player to motivate your team. Um, but Joshua, what are your thoughts on that? I've been rambling for like five minutes. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Nah, it's all good. It's all good. Um, when I said, um, gee, what can I say? Now, let me, I'm going to be real. You know, when it comes to, you know, leadership is definitely a thing that um, that's not given or handed down. It has to be in you, you know. So, you know, yeah. Lamar Jackson actually saying that he want to take the role of being more vocal, I can see it happening. You know, that's the, that's the crazy thing about it. I can really see him taking that next step, you know. Like, he's already taking those steps in his game and it has been improving. So, you know, with this being contract year, this still being, you know, another year with him in the NFL being 23, want to make it to the Super Bowl. You know, he excited that he has new weapons and things like that. You know, he's, you know, this is the second year in the offseason where he has traveled, you know, with some of his core guys and worked on, you know, passing tree routes and things of that nature. I think you actually can see this young man taking that step and becoming that, you know, that vocal leader. I mean, granted, you know, I think like Pernell McPhee, maybe Adam Levine, guys like them was in the huddle in the middle, you know, but, you know, those are veteran guys. Yeah, they, they're respected, but they're not those high-profile, you know, veteran guys, you know what I'm saying? It's different yeah. It's different from a Terrell Suggs or Amos Dumaville. Um, even, you know, Calais Campbell, you know, getting in the middle to help huddle. I would actually like to see more of uh, uh, Marlon Humphrey uh, in the middle of the huddle, getting those guys rowdy getting those guys hype, you know. He's one of those star players that, you know, that gets you that gets you going. So we definitely have been missing that leadership, that 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 person that people, you know, get hype about. It's almost, you know, when I, I when I listen to Eric Thomas, he's a motivational speaker, you know, that gets my he he helps me actually gets my day going. He gets me motivated. I'm like, dang, you know, let me let me put let me put tomorrow behind me. Today is today. I'm gonna go ahead, I'm attack with, I'm gonna get it, I'm gonna do better. And you know, even when even when we had even the Bart Scott years, we had we had Bart Scott. You know, Bart Scott would get the guys rowdy. But the CJ Mosley and after that, it's been a different, it's been a different Ravens uh vibe. Granted, we go yeah. out there, we play, but you, I feel like now with this core, we're about to see that, you know, that 2000 and on, you know, vibe, you know, where them guys is really out there playing for each other because shucks, when Ed Reed came on the scene, you know, he got in the middle, man, and those, you had two guys together like that, Ed Reed and Ray Lewis. You don't, we don't have that yet, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe, uh, maybe the Joker takes over. Or you know maybe it is PQ and uh, Marlon Humphrey, you know maybe it's their maybe it's their time to shine, or maybe even Malik Harrison, you know maybe uh, out outworks LJ Fort. So it's so many guys that can step up and be that you know that leader, you know that can be that you know that man that you follow into battle. But at the end of the day, y'all have to be able to show it, and it also has to be in in you, and you can't be scared to let it out of you. You can't worry about you know what people may say. They you know um, in the, in the, in the religious faith they talked about Jesus Christ and and everything and 
Jesus Christ still did what he did and went on, went on, you know. Um, they talked about Muhammad Ali. You know, they talked about Malcolm X. They talked about Martin Luther King. They talked about Joe Biden, you know. People that, that uh, believe in Trump, they talked about Trump. As a leader, you're always going to be talked about. <laughs> but yeah. you're going to be respected by so more because you stand on your foundation. You stand on what you truly believe in. So, um, I definitely feel like it's that time. It's that time for Lamar to step into that leader, that that vocal leadership role and lead his troops into battle. They already want to follow you into battle. Hey Amen. You ain't got you ain't got to talk that much. Give him thirty seconds. Heck, if you want, if, if you want, you know, place a recording of somebody else's speech. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Get, so get something like out can, there. Yeah, man. I definitely feel like it, it. we've seen more of him. We've seen his growth because even with, you know, the fourth and ones, nah, we stand on the field. You know, keep them, keep keep, keep the kick team, keep the uh, special teams off the field. We, we going for it. You know, we starting to see more of that. So I think he, I think the evolution of Lamar Jackson as a leader as a, and a player, we're going to see him hit another plateau this year. Yeah. In, in vocal leadership, it doesn't even have to be the best player. I think I think a guy that could potentially do I bring up this guy a lot. I'm a huge fan of him. Dalen Hayes, just yeah. because not only is he a, he's a great guy and things like that, but growing up a Ravens fan, yeah. I feel like it's just that much more emotional when you get to play for the Ravens and that could really help. But I think, you know, you brought up a lot of great examples of, of terrific um, public speakers and things like that. Um, you know, guys like guys like uh, Martin Luther King Jr. He didn't invent the the ideas of equality. He right. didn't invent that. People had the ideas before him, but he was able to inspire people. He wasn't, you know, he became the face of you know the movement mm-hmm. um, and things like that. And and you know, obviously, you know, you go farther, you get into obviously present day and political races are are meant to inspire people. Um, you look at race and political races don't work as well, but uh, you know, you look at, you know, like kind of like what Obama did, um, Mm -hmm. you know, in running for office and things like that. Like, you know, a lot of times people don't invent their idea. I'm going to have a really bad analogy. Um, You know, not in terms of like, it's a bad analogy. I think it's a great analogy, but it's a bad person. And I don't want to, I'm sorry, people. If you do not want to listen to me, kind of give props to maybe the worst person ever. Um, End the video. Thank you for watching. Absolutely. Um, I think that's going to do it. Um, <laughs> sorry if you hated my analogy. Um, obviously, before I gave it, I didn't really like it either. Um, but thank you all for watching. Uh, subscribe to the other content. We'll get into the next segment. Um, but this final segment, I figured it was only right that for the one-year anniversary of the first ever show, we talk about the exact same thing that we closed out the segment with. Um, in that show, the same title that the show was, which was, hold on, let me look at the title. Um, so then I don't get it wrong. I'm pretty sure it was what was, who are the offensive X factors? Who is the offensive X factor? Had to get it exactly right. Um, and, and let's go through it. So Joshua, I'll let you go first. This season, who is the offensive X factor? Um, man, this is one surprise you made me. I'm going to say the whole offensive line. Um, Okay. At the end of the day, you know, you cannot win without an offensive line. You know, getting Ronnie Stanley back, big sexy, uh, 
drafting Big Sexy in the third round, and you know he's going to be an immediate starter. Starter, excuse me. But now we're taking Bradley Bozeman and moving him on to center, where we done had some of the not so best, you know, center play. Um, I would say at the Matt Burke and Ryan Jensen. You know, Matt Burke was a um, he was a guy that was all about the knowledge. Ryan Jensen was a guy that's like, look, I got your back always. Don't worry about it. They try you. They try me. So, you know, now we're going to find out, you know, what's going to be, you know, the next chapter for solidifying our center position. And Bradley Bozeman has taken that step. He's taken that. He's um, stepped up to the plate to be, you know, that next center because uh, we did. Uh, we'll, we can all be honest. We did think Matt Skur was going to be that guy. But then next thing you know, Instead of being honest about him having a cut on his thumb, you know, he kept on trying to stay out there, you know, tough it out as a man, kept on snapping the ball, but, you know, it was hurting us uh, more than helping us out. Then Patrick McCarry, he wasn't uh, – Pat McCarry, excuse me, didn't have any injuries. He just kept on oversnapping Lamar Jackson. So I definitely feel like, you know, Bradley Bozeman being on the offensive line, playing, you know, playing on the left side, moving over, and he also has history being a center, you know, and they're building that bond, you know, like I said, you know, all 80 guys coming out to voluntary OTAs and getting those reps in, it speaks volumes to what this season could possibly be. And then on top of that, you add two veterans in Kevin Zeitler and uh, Villanueva. You know, Villanueva, look, he, the way he sounded, he been wanting to get out of Pittsburgh. You know, crazy that he stayed in the AFC North and actually went to the rival. Um, you know, we, we heard some of his comments, but one, something that stuck out to me, you know, he highly talked about Lamar Jackson and be and wanting to play, you know, for this for this young man. You know, you bring in a uh, Zeitler that knows how to do, you know, a lot of the schematics uh, blocking that Greg Roman puts in his offensive playbook. So that's that's another push, and we actually been missing that veteran presence on the offensive line since Marshall Yonder, especially at that right guard position. Then you got interchangeable pieces like Tyree Phillips, where you know I feel like he can get a good number of reps this year, possibly. So um, I'm, I'm taking these big uglies, and I'm going against you know that de- those defensive big uglies, and I'm taking my guys all day, open up the holes, open up the holes from the running backs, but not only open up the holes, but keeping my quarterback safe and protected. There was too many times where we saw Lamar Jackson on the run for his life, and um, not being able to get the passes off, where he's very frustrated. You know, also not being able to get the snaps how we want it. So I definitely feel like, you know, this offensive line is going to be this X factor. And hopefully we can keep this starting five through the whole season. Absolutely. I mean, you look at what kind of an X factor is. If they play bad, your team doesn't do succeed at all. And if they play really well, your team's going to have success no matter what. Mm-hmm. And, and you talked about it a little bit when we couldn't snap the ball. We had no success. When the offensive yeah. line has played well, we absolutely dominate our opponents. So I, I think that the offensive line is absolutely wanted. Everybody's in a new spot playing next to some, ever. Nobody is playing next to somebody they've ever played next to, yeah. um, which is very unique for a new offensive line and an offensive line of veterans, except for, you know, being sexy at the left guard spot. Um, but overall, I think that's a really good answer. Um for me, I'm going to go with the weapon. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I am going with the tight end, though. I'm going with Mark Andrews. Um, 
I think Mark Andrews, he's the guy that sets the tone for the game. He is the one that gets over the middle. And when he's making tough catches, the Ravens offense is unstoppable. But when the Ravens play the Chiefs, uh, when the Ravens play, um, you know, the Titans or the Bills or whatever, and Mark Andrews isn't catching those difficult catches, yeah, the Ravens don't win. They can only win when Mark Andrews is able to make those tough catches. Look at what he did against uh, Washington. Look at what he did in the in Week One against Cleveland. Very difficult catches, both for touchdowns. Uh, and then you see what happened in Kansas City, and it's just like, oh, fingertips fingertips outstretched arms didn't didn't reach far enough like right. just those types of things and it ruins the drives um it not only ruins the drives but it ruins momentum um it just stagnates the entire offense and, and it it just makes everybody a little bit down in the dumps just like you know whenever you know somebody makes a mistake like that it's bad if a defender makes a great play and swats it down no no offensive players like you know they're not hanging their head low but if you know you know a pass is catchable and you it comes out of your hands, that's when it hurts. That's yeah. when it really hurts when you let your guys down. That's and and it seems like for him, it, it's he's one of those guys. I knew a guy like this. I played lacrosse with him. Um, he was our goalie. First uh, like forty minutes, first thirty five minutes of the game, very very good goalie. All of a sudden, one goal gets let in. Horrible goalie. Um, it was, it was the most ridiculous thing. It would be like, he'd be like, he'd have 15 saves. And then all of a sudden he'd let one in. He'd have zero saves the rest of the game and they'd score eight goals. Like, oh, like it was, really? I mean, it, Mark Andrews isn't that bad, but like he was, it was just very up and down. Like his yeah. mood swings completely, um, got affected his play. And when he was feeling confident, nobody could score on it. But all of a sudden, when that confidence wavered, it was just like, oh, no. And like it's like when Mark Andrews has drops, he doesn't just have one drop in a game. It's like, wow, he had a bad game. He had three big drops. Um, yeah. You know, he just really couldn't get it going. Um, but then Mark Andrews has games where he's going up and he's making great catches, um, jumping up, you know, low-key mossing people. Um, and doing all those types of things. You look at the San Francisco game um, from 2000, what year was that? 2019. Uh, I think it was week week 10. I believe the Niners were eight and one at that point. That was like a game in the rain. And he made a, a yeah, terrific yeah. touchdown grab uh, on a kind of back shoulder throw. It was about a 25, 30 yard touchdown. Um, made a great leaping catch. Like those types of things. When he's making those plays, that, that makes the Ravens offense so much better. Uh, because it helps the middle of the field and it, and it is able to just help Lamar know that in the game he's got his safety blanket. When he doesn't have a safety blanket, um, he freezes overnight. Uh, it's very unfortunate, but that's just how it works. So Mark Andrews, for me, is the offensive X factor because when he is not on, I don't think the Ravens have ever won a game where Mark Andrews didn't play well. Like, if he doesn't play well, it's over. Um and what makes it worse is we don't we don't have another tight end to you know pick up his slack. So, I mean Nick Bull, you know he's evolving, you know to be able to catch the ball, but who's gonna who's gonna expect you know a blocking tight end to become this great pass catcher? You know, so no, I definitely I definitely understand. I definitely uh, agree with that. You know, athletes and people in general when it comes to life, man. 
you got to have short-term memory loss to a degree. You can't let, you know, a bad situation just, you know, linger that long. Life goes on. You learn from yep. those. You learn You learn from those situations. Those are examples of things that you don't want to do. They don't mean start putting the pressure on yourself. No. If you see it, you know how to avoid it. That's like a basketball player. Okay. They know, you know, they, they go against certain defend, defenders. Uh, let's say... Uh, well, Luca, Luca, and uh, Pat Beverly. Pat, Pat, think he knows how to guard Luca. Luca, what Luca said in his in his either in, either Luca said in his own native tongue or even English. You're too little. <laughs> if you think if if you're a Pat, if you see something from your past, you should know how to you know maneuver or avoid it. So you know when it comes to athletes, when it comes to life. When you see things, you know, that could be similar to something that, you know, that may have caused some type of failure, that may cause some type of hurt, that may cause some type of depression, you have to, you, you take those mental reps, you learn from it, get better from it, and you move forward. So that's what we yeah. got to do. That's what Mark, that's what, that's what Mark has to do, honestly, get past those mental, he, when he, once he gets past those mental blocks, boom, back in the bread basket, back to working and out. Help with that? What? If we had a player that would go over to him and inspire him. A leader. If we had somebody that was going to come out and, and tell him. Because you know if 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 uh, Dennis Pitta, if Todd Heap dropped a pass, you know who's on the sideline? Hey, man, I know you got this next one, okay? You know, you go out there, you're going to play your best game, you're going to catch that next pass, and you are going to play your best game yep. of football. That was Ray Lewis on the sideline every time somebody dropped a pass. Yes, sir. You don't see that. And it all becomes whether or not every player internally has it. You know, Lamar, you know, I think the Ravens last year, I believe it was, they created that mantra where they said, like, don't say my bad. Um, say, like, I'll do it better. And that's kind of Joan Harbaugh trying to, win, like, get that kind of chemistry and, and build that, you know, group stuff up. However, overall, it's different it when a player. It's got to come from a player. You know, Lamar, Lamar's the guy. Who he throws a pick, he's like, nah, don't worry. I got you next time. Um, and and he does. Like when he when he throws a pick, he's typically pretty good on that next drive and he's able to make up for his mistake. But Mark Andrews doesn't seem to have that same thing. And it's and it's not a knock on Mark Andrews. I mean, it's just how you are. I mean, it's not something you can fix about yourself. It's just you gotta have somebody that can be able to be there to pick you up. Um, and obviously Lamar, he's going to, he's, he's definitely going to try. We'll see how it works out, but like, that's where that vocal leadership comes in. That's when, if you're in high school and you drop a touchdown pass, you know, who go, you know, you may get yelled at by your coach, but you know, it comes, maybe you're a, a junior, a sophomore, you know, it comes over there, that senior that doesn't really play. And he's like, you got this, man. You got it next time. Like, I know you can do this. You're going to go out there and do it. Matter of fact, what's the gift? What's the uh, the gift out here now? From it was Jalen Hands when Jalen Hands was at UCLA, and I think it was like his power forward put his head. Oh, whoa, whoa! We are talking about Moses Brown, seven foot one center for the Oklahoma City Thunder. I know, I knew you know, I knew you know. Come on now, yeah. what do you do? What do you do? Put his hand on the shoulder, pick his head up. Come on, man, you got this. Now look where he's at now. Yep. Look where he's at now. You know. <laughs> He, undrafted player, 
Portland Trailblazers, now Oklahoma City Thunder. I believe he's had a 2020 game already in his young NBA career. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. Um, absolutely. I, I think it was like his first ever start of his career. <laughs> Shout out to Moses Brown. Um, yeah, the, the, absolutely. That's a, that's a great moment from that. You know, we see that so much in, in college sports, especially in, in like March Madness. March Madness is the perfect time where like, um, you know, there's so many just great leaders that are just like, this guy's never going to make it to the NBA. Like, you know that. He's the fourth-year senior at Kentucky um, that everybody's like, yeah, you're not one and done at Kentucky. You're not going pro. Right. Uh, but he's there, and he's talking to all the young guys. You know, he, he's the he's the fourth-year senior at Duke, and he's like, yo, Zion. And he, and he talks to Zion or whatever. And Zion's like, you know, Zion still would respect him. Um, you know, I don't know who the player would be. I don't remember 2018 Duke basketball that well, other yeah, than yeah, uh, I, I, I believe it was it was that guy's that brother. I, I don't know. I, I know his brother's in the NBA. I can't remember what his name is. Jones. <laughs> Probably a bad analogy. But there were a lot of guys on that Duke team. But, you know, you look at colleges, Tim Tebow. Um, obviously, great leader in college. Um, you know, we talked about it in the leadership segment, but Mark Andrews, I think, just needs that, and he will be unstoppable. Um, also, Mark Andrews' disrespect has gone crazy. PFF, I mean, PFF overall hates Baltimore, um, but like, you know, they put Kyle Pitts ahead of Mark Andrews already. Kyle Pitts never even played, but um, I don't know. Crazy. I feel like that's pretty solid. I feel like that's got to be where we wrap it up. Um, Absolutely. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to the podcast. Thank you all for all the support. Oh, it, you know, it's been one year now. Uh, you know, bigger and better things, as always, will be coming soon. Uh, live with the viewers Saturdays. Eventually, we'll have game nights on Wednesday nights. Should be a lot of fun. We're very excited for that, uh, especially once we get those PS5s. Then it'll be extra fun. Uh, but, hey, you know. Man, if anybody, anybody knows somebody, there Come you go. At us. I know y'all know something. Especially my guys out of Baltimore, man. I know y'all know something. Talk to me. <laughs> yeah, so that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Subscribe. Uh, like the podcast. Like the video. Comment your thoughts and opinion on who your offensive X Factor is. And we'll see all of you again uh, tomorrow.